Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Radio, and this is Al. This is Kevin. And this is... And this is Ken. All right. Sorry, I love the technical difficulties. It's all good. It's all good. Another beautiful Sunday, as Mr. Rogers say, another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hey, I mean, I need to clarify something, man. Yeah. People, listen to my voice. I don't sound like Al. God, are we that indistinguishable? Who said you sound like Al? A couple of people. I thought I, I thought I um, sound grammatically correct when I talk. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, he's got to read you. <laughs> low blow, man. Low blow. That's very, very, very low. I mean, hey, man, I went to uh, New Hope High School. You was a fountain, man, so we had to... No, actually, I was a bobcat. I don't claim no falcon. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. A bobcat. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really wrong, man. But it's okay. It's okay, man. I'm, I'm excited for today's show, man. Man, you know what? I got to start off and say, man, if y'all missed this past Thursday show, yep. please make sure you go back and download that show. You can download any of our episodes and we want to iterate to all of y'all. If you have an iPhone, we do have an iTunes account. Make sure you search the Middleman Talk Show on iTunes. Hey, what was that show? Tell them about a little bit about that show last Thursday, man. Well, last Thursday we talked about the etiquette and and ethics of being an independent artist, and basically the show is about the do's and the don'ts. You know, you want to mold yourself in presenting positive behavior because you don't know what you're going to do when you make it mainstream. Like we know. Some mainstream artists, they set a show at or the club or wherever they're performing at. You know, your mm-hmm. ticket says the show starts at 10 o'clock, but you don't show up till 1 a.m. What? And the venue closes at 1.30. So is that ethical? You know, is that proper etiquette, being on time and, you know, giving the fans what they paid for? Most and also, you know, we talked about what you need to do in the interview process. When you're being interviewed uh, by a magazine or a radio uh, talk show or anything of that nature. You know, how to present yourself, how to dress, how to speak, what questions you want to be asked, knowing what the topic is going to be about. All of those things go through the context of being, you know, having proper etiquette and, you know, having that ethical nature. So we wanted to enlighten some people on that particular topic. We had a great discussion. We also had a special guest from Blend Magazine, Ms. Kayla Renee. She's a journalist. Uh, over there, and she mm-hmm. stopped by and uh, great interview, man. Great on the show. Had some great information on that show, so make sure you go back and uh, download that particular show. And also, man, this past, that past previous Sunday, 
uh, Black Fathers, We Are Present. Y'all make sure y'all go and check that one out. Because, I mean, doing Father's Day, I mean, we had to show some love to the dads out there. And also give them in a, in a better light. So make sure, if you're on iTunes, do a search. The shows are free. It don't cost you anything. I know a lot of people are downloading on the Internet, but we would like for you guys to... We want to get those iTunes downloads up a lot. We we see that, and we definitely want to make sure you guys are enjoying this while you're sitting back chilling at the house, mm. listening to us. Thank you very much mm. for doing that. But um, I know, uh, yeah. Quickly, yeah. if we could, man, let let's, man, Jim, while we got you back, and I'm so glad we got you back again today. Check this out. Your president, yes, I said your president, Barack Hussein Obama, went to Africa. And as soon as the Supreme Court allowed for the gay marriage to happen again in California, he called and congratulated the gay people. What do you got to say about that, Gene? I say thank you, President Obama, because for him not being... Going down in history of being an opponent of gay marriage, because let me get this straight. Let me say this, and I say this: you have a right to disagree with gay marriage. You have a right to disagree with the like. What happened was that the Supreme Court ruled that gay couples that were already married in states that gay marriage is legal have a right to federal benefits. And this is a big reason why I'm a component of gay marriage. Regardless of if you agree with the moral aspect of being gay and gay marriage, you should agree with the fact that if someone has a life partner and they've been with them, you know, for numerous years, whatever, they have a right to certain benefits. They have a right to certain rights. They have because they have made a life and a commitment to this person. Now, whether you agree or disagree of whom that person is, really none of your business. But the right of, you know, them having to, you know, have the benefit of federal benefits is something they should have as a civil right. It's wrong to discriminate against them because of it, because I may not agree with it morally. And kudos to President Obama for giving a shout out. Boo. Boo. Okay, let me me, me ask you this question, and I don't want this question to overpower the topic that we have for today. But, uh, do you feel that maybe President Obama was Coerced to say that? No, I or do think, you think that's he how actually he feels. feels that way. Okay. I think that's I'll, how I'll he that. feels because he has said that morally he's a Christian. Morally, he does not agree with you know you know gay because he believes that he's a Christian. However, what you believe morally and what is mm-hmm. right are two separate things. That's why we two have separation things. of right. church and state. It's, it's not. Right. Can, I cannot interject my moral beliefs into civic. Beliefs and civic duties. They're they're two separate things. What's between me and me and God? Not me, God, and the Congress. Right. I, I'm gonna say this. When that president, I forgot the name of the country. I forgot the name of that particular president. But when he checked uh, Barack, I think he did it in the right manner because number one, you can't go to somebody else's country trying to promote something that they don't believe in religiously and something that you should not just go over there and, and just say, hey. 
This is what we do. You should do it. What, country did, he do that? That, what country did he go and try to promote rights to? Um, I, I'm going to get that information back to you. But he did do that. Yes, he did. No, he did not. Yes, he, he did. did not. He tried to chastise no, people, debate them about it, and they was like, man, we ain't having this. That did not happen. Okay. That did not happen. <laughs> okay. That's, All right, I'm that that's one of those things you read on the internet. Don't be a victim of the internet. No. Oh. No, man. <laughs> hey, but... All right, let, let's 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 switch gears right here. Uh-huh. Talk about the Supreme Court and their ruling dealing with the gays. But what about us? They're going to shortly talk about this as far as dealing with our rights being taken well, away. What do you? We, we got your back. What do you feel about that? Well, I, we said it a couple weeks ago. We said it. We said it. The house is on fire, and no, everyone is sitting there, and it happened. I think that a very dangerous thing happened. I think people should be taken to the streets. People should be in an uproar, but everyone's just willy-nilly. And for those who don't know what happened, the Supreme Court um, struck down the Voting Rights Act that, you know, Martin Luther King and so many civil rights leaders worked to get established. Um, died for, and, and died for. And died for, and died for. But people's blood is, was on that bill, and the Supreme Court let it dissipate like that was nothing. Saying, and then I, I was in the state of Georgia, and even we had our governor and representatives in the state said that uh, laws like the Civil Rights Act aren't relevant of today, and we don't need the Civil Rights Act because, you know, we don't we weren't going through the same things we were going through in 1968. But however, we are, and it's stronger than ever. It's taking different forms, and I think people should hit the streets. People should be calling some, you know, calling your con- people should be in an uproar. I think when we see the next election, what happened was, I think the power that be said by fluke chance they got Barack Obama into office, and they are never going to let that happen again. And I, when it's election time, we're going to see it come to pass, and I just think it's so sad. Yeah, I agree. But you know, it's it's a lot of people out there that really, really need to get more aware of what's going on in our community. They need to be a little bit more aware of what's going on in your local. Uh, areas. I mean, we just got to wake up. I feel like the end of that movie with uh, Spike Lee, College Days. Wake up! Mm-hmm. I can't do it that loud, but we need to wake up. But um, man, you know what? This kind of it, it kind of leads into the topic of what we're talking about today, and the, the, the whole premise of what this topic is, so everybody out there can get the gist of what we're talking about. Because I know a lot of you guys out there were listening. I mean, looking and reading our profiles and saying. The burden of black. What does that mean? When you see that title right there, you got to think about one thing. We as a people, we are not the only people on this planet of color. We're not the only people on this planet of color. So, therefore, what we're trying to do today is we're trying to explain to you guys that having this this, this dark hue, to some of us, it has become a burden. And I'm not meaning burden in a bad way, but yet and still, it always seems to come out in a bad way from our media to our society. You know, social interaction with each other There's so many things that hurting us out here When we look at our communities And what we're going through And that's not only the black community We have people in India that are darker hue We have people in Australia Over in Europe, everywhere on this planet We have a darker hue And when it comes to the association of that darker hue It seems to be a bad situation For those particular people And uh, what we're talking about today, Al Is very... Very, very, very integral in us 
rising up beyond what we are right now in this present time and what we're going through, like with the Supreme Court and everything else. But, Al, what do you think about it? Let everybody know what we're talking about, okay? Well, throughout it all, you know, we want to talk about this in a um, a discussionary type arena. You know, we don't want to get into a debate about it. We want everybody to have their opinions. Of course, we want to hear it. So we want you guys to understand, you know, we're not, you know, debating that, you know, one person suppresses. Uh, another race, or you know, California this race is, 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 is. We're not talking about just white people. <laughs> no, we're not. So that's why I didn't want to throw that out there because when well, you look I, at it, I, that's what it seems. They okay, are a component, Jen. They are a component. Yes. Right. Well, they we, are we a component. Go ahead, I'll go ahead and I'll say what I say. Okay. So some of the things in which we're going to identify today is um, through it all, such as you know, being prideful to self hate. From wealth to poor to love to low, the monikers of the word black has survived it all, but has it become a burden to some people? And some of the things which we're going to discuss today, with a person being of color, what are some of the hardships in which they may encounter? With these experiences of these hardships, does that taint their own perception of what, of what people think and the way they treat others? And we want to talk about how hard is it really for a race to get beyond the color factor. And from the psychological standpoint, how much does does this play in a person's way of thinking? Because everything that you do, you know, contributes to how you think. You know, the the manner in which in, in which you present yourself, certain things you choose, and certain people you associate with, it contributes to your way of thinking. Um, does being of a darker hue equate to being less? And also, can black businesses uh, survive being only black? And and why does being black automatically bring upon the thought process of being impoverished? So we want to talk about all of these things, and we're not looking at it as, you know, like like we said, you know, earlier, which is a part of it. But we want to take it from another perspective and discuss some of the questions in which we have today. And of course, if you're on the phone line and you have a um, a question or a comment First to number one We'll definitely get to you The number is 718-508-9972 If you do have a question Or a comment We definitely want to get to your Question and comment On this particular subject matter mm-hmm. um, So Jim What was your Previous comment You know I didn't mean to cut you off But I wanted to give everybody no, 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 the, I wanted you to, to get the question. question out So it's all good um, What I was burning over here Is to say that You know I know that we we don't want I am a person who I don't like the race card, and I don't like the blame right. because we all have to take self-accountability right. for all of our action and what goes on yes. in our community. I have to get yes. that disclaimer out there first. However, yes. we must look at this self-image as in not only African-American communities, but South Africa, Korea, uh, even parts of Europe, Asia. The, the How we look at you know ourselves have a lot to do with colonization, you know, where mm-hmm. these conquerors, you know, we can look at thousands of years ago, and these people who came in, and a lot of them are from European descent, where they came in to these countries, and they took over, and they beat the people down, and they took the land, took the people, and they impoverished 
the natives of that country and for people to think, oh, well, I want to make my social status go up. I want to be mm-hmm. better. And uh, hundreds and hundreds of years to get close to that was to get like the oppressor. And, and those were the Europeans. Not only in America did this happen. This happened in Africa. This happened in Asia. This happened in uh, Europe. This happened all over the world. And, you know, this is why people have so much. Look at India. Where India was um, invaded by the British. And they came in and they took over and blah, blah. And so to Indians, you know, if you have darker skin, you're you're looked upon as as something bad. But if you have lighter skin, which is more like the, you know, people that came and colonized in their country, you know, like the Europeans, then you're good. And that comes from, you know, years and years of inbreeding that into people that you're oppressing. So, you know, you can't just say, just take your hands off of it and say, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with Europeans. Because it has a lot to do with them because they went all over the world, taking over countries and planting the seed of self, you know, devocation and putting yourself down into people. And, and this is what we have today. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to play hands off with it either, Jen. But, you know, it's just like, you know, there's there's so many factors to this puzzle. Of who we are and what we. But that's where the seed was planted. Let's that's true. Just, uh, in order to in order to find out how we can prune the flower or how we can help the bush, we must find out where the root is. And the root of it becomes back thousands of years before we even existed. It has been inbred in the generations before me and before it and before it and before it. So this is something that has been inbreded into us not only as black people but people across the globe that you know that I'm going to be like my conqueror, which will, I guess, somehow keep me from being conquered. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. However, yeah. that's where it starts. I agree. I agree. Um, well, Jen, you you kind of taking a lot of my thunder, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, not all of it. Yeah, now, now you know better than that. But, um... You know, let, let, let's kind of drive, let's dive into this first part of it, Jen, because, I mean, we kind of went, it was all over the place with that one right there. Great, great points. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardships. Yeah, the hardships. Um, with, with being a person of color, what are some of the hardships one may count, encounter? And, Jen, you, you know, just like you said, the mental aspect of it, of self-hate, uh, you know, the loathing of each other, you know, I mean, it's to the point now, you know, just like the uh, Black Girls uh, documentary that Oprah just, Oprah, Oprah just had this past week. I mean, that shed a lot of light on it. But it's not only the Black Girls. It's a lot of guys out here that have self-hate yeah. to themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, one one that we, you know, loved into our heart. I mean, we know about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson really had some issues with the way he looked, his nose, you know, his mouth structure, all of that. You know, he had issues with that within himself. I think that was more psychological than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm suspecting, you know, because I can only go by, you know, some of the clips on the Jackson Five American Dream movie when he was looking in the mirror. And he said to his mother, "He thinks he's ugly." Right. You know, him seeing, you know, growing up beside um, the Osmonds and. Um, What's the guy's name from the Beatles that he was real um, cool with? At John, first? John, um, I forgot his the, the John guy. I forgot his name too. Yeah, I forgot his name. But, but anyway, you know him 
getting into that factor of uh, being accepted on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, sure. we know Mike has some type of skin condition, but I don't know if the skin condition. I, I don't know. You don't get you don't get pale, nor do you get light yeah. skin, nor do your nose turn like that. Well, his whole family yeah. has had Please. treatments. Look at pictures of Latoya, you know, from yeah. you know forty years yeah. ago, and then look at her yeah. now. She's significantly yeah. her nose is significantly different, her skin is significantly yeah. different. Um, yeah. I, I think it's that like Michael it. Jackson is a victim. I mean, not in all aspects, but I think he's a victim right. of a lot of. People go through, and um, the, if anyone hasn't seen the um, documentary Dark Girls on uh, OWN, I recommend you go see it because it addresses the issue of just your self image and what we do to each other as a people. And I know mm-hmm. that other other cultures finding this out do it to their culture, you know, within their culture as well. You know, Michael Jackson, you know, his brothers teased him, if you're familiar with his story, yeah. of you got a bell mm-hmm. pepper nose. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you black and you this and you that. And, you know, we, you know, as children growing up on the playground, how many times, you know, what is the famous line, you know, they used to tell Biggie Smalls, you do fat, black, and ugly. You know, like, that's, yeah, what, right. that's what we tell each other. That's the image that, you know, if you have a bigger nose or if you have a certain type of hair or if you don't look like Vogue magazine or this mm-hmm. and that, you're not pretty. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, yeah. you know, the image that you have people that it's their job, um, and they talk about this in that documentary, too. That's why I really recommend everyone going to see it. It's someone's job to sit there every day and to figure out how to make you feel less than yourself every day because, you know, they're advertisement. That's what they get paid to do, to make you want something that you can't obtain because you're going to always pay to try to get it. And that's a trick. And Mm -hmm. that's a trick. And and I just, you know, I don't know how. Yeah, it's the feeling of being accepted, you know, by all people, Um, especially once once you get to that level of where you are in the forefront of people, you want to be accepted by all people. So what are you going to do? Like you're going to try to find a way, which some people don't do it. Some people say forget what they think, just like how Tupac was. Tupac did what he needed to do to get there, but then once he figured it out and was like, I don't need, you know, I don't need to impress these folks to get there. Right. You know, he he pushed, you know, he pushed the button. He pushed, you know, the the whole uh, matrix of what they were trying to do. And went against it, you know. So right now, do we see people pushing the buttons of that? Because when they do push the button, what happens? They have to come out and apologize. You know, uh-huh. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. You know, so it's like, you know, when you are, I mean, not too many. I'm just, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Not too many people of Caucasian descent when they say something. You know, it's not to the point where they are apologetic, like, immediately. Now, say, for instance, like, when um, I, get, I think I think it was Kobe that called the ref a punk. The next day on ESPN, he he apologized immediately. As soon as he well, with up. the Jewish culture, you know, you say anything anti-Semitic, it's going down. Yes. You're losing your career, yes. you're losing your job, you're losing a lot of things. But, yes, when it comes to us or people of darker hue, all right, whatever, just get over it, you know. And and that kind of right. leads into that next question that we have right there. Uh, uh, with, with experiencing these hardships, does that taint the perception of how people think and the way that they treat others? And, and also before that, you know, it, it's like how we how we treat each other, really. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every song that you listen to on the radio, especially on the hip-hop side, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to do these things to you, you know, and it's mm-hmm. directly towards black people or blacks yeah. in general. So, I mean, it's beyond, to me, it's more deep than the, the self-hatred, um, even like right. the psychological part of it, man. If you hear something so long and, and you look at any of these videos on the Internet, you see small children, man, singing records at two years old. I mean, right. think about what that's doing to their kids, and you just sitting up there letting your kids constantly hear, I'm going to kill you, N-word, this word I mean, just black girls are ugly. You're hashtag. Yeah. You know, you look at it, you look it up on the news, and it's crazy. Every image that you see, and, and it, you know, for people that's out there that's doing right, people like, because I know there's more people doing right than wrong. I don't care what yes. nobody say, but if right. we constantly see these images, therefore we gonna lock our doors when we see each other. You know what I'm saying? I feel safer in a, a, a white area than a black area. That's the term you'll hear. Or I'm not gonna deal with them because I'm going to jail if I deal with them. Go ahead, Jen. Also. Oh, go ahead, Al. Also, uh, you know, even even dealing with that, you got some, you know, people of the same descent or color that won't even deal with somebody on the lesser tax bracket of them. Like if they if they stay in a nice neighborhood, you won't see anybody that you know from that same descent go to a another neighborhood that is far more worse than them, unless they have a relative over there. Mm-hmm. You know, well, okay. you, you, well, there, there is division there. Yeah, well, I say this is for, for my own experience. So, you know, like on the Middleman Show, you know, if you're a first-time caller, if you ever listen, we're real transparent here. We talk about our life. Um, me, I grew up on, well, in my parents' neighborhood, and to this day, they're the only black people on their street. And, you know, and I have my relatives who live, you know, across town. And, you know, those black relatives would, you know, um, those black relatives, or not even the, my relatives, even black kids from across the town, they would treat me different. They would say that, you know, I want to be white, or I'm asking mm-hmm. why, or, yeah. you know, and then to, you know, um, to be completely honest, I would be scared when I would go across there. You know, is something going to happen to me? Is something this? And this is the type of self-imagery that we let sneak into our community and sneak into our mindset and dilute the image of ourselves with hatred, with with yeah. fear, and and we do that to ourselves, and that's coming from both ends. And you know, I, I guess people thinking you you know you're bougie and you look just like out yep. there. Oh, there you, right you know, uh, you're you know uh, those black people. I'm not going to be associated with that because you know they're the they're the real you know excuse my niggers, and we're not. You know, they're niggers and we're not. But if the color killers come, they come to pick up the ghetto people and they come to pick up us too. I mean, that's just the the truth of the matter of fact. But we have this separatism that we want to you know perpetrate, and that comes back to the root of the matter is that to to divide a people, to be successful in conquering a people, just like in colonization, if you want to conquer a land and you want to take it, you must divide a people. And the self-hatred, the planting of that seed is something that is so deep psychologically that it has lasted Mm -hmm. thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands of years that to this day they keep us conquered in a land, yep. trapped yep. in a land yep. by this concept that one is better than the other or they're going to get us. And, and yep. that self-hatred um, is something that we to this day don't know how to conquer. And even mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, yep. yeah you're right. Um, the phone lines are open. If you're on the chat board and you would like to comment as well, dial 
508-996-508-9972. We see we have a lot of people uh, listening through phones. We appreciate everybody listening on the phone today. Um, but great comment, Jen. I mean, that's, I mean, it does go back to the house slaves versus the real slaves. You know, but are the, are the house slaves and the real slaves, do they have the same meaning as far as definition-wise? I don't think so because of what they looked like, what they were um, as far as um, thinking that they were more suitable and educated versus the ones who were in the fields. And then also you got your free slaves. You know, you had some free slaves that did not associate with slaves at all. You know, but I think we have a caller. Um, Kevin, let's go ahead and get this caller. Uh, caller, you're 404. You're not yeah, Kalada. Kalada, yeah. Yes, you're live. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to um, kind of touch on something that I think is prevalent here in Georgia, and I'm sure probably everywhere, but since I've been here, it's about seven years, I, I just hear a lot of some issues. A lot mm-hmm. here. Um, y'all talked about it briefly earlier. Um, just the um, differences in, in colors within the black race mm-hmm. and um, the mentality of blacks um, of different hues, um, I guess we should say. And mm-hmm. it, it really is me um, that, you know, some people who are black um, think that being a different skin color. Um, means that they are going to um, necessarily get a better position, be in a better status, or so forth. Yeah. And it's just not the lighter or fairer-skinned people who think this. You have dark-skinned people or, you know, um, darker-skinned people who think, oh, well, she only got the position because, you know, she's this color or he got, you know, due to their color. And um, yes. some people think that only, you know, fair-skinned people are, are pretty. You know, if you're darker, you know, you're, you're not considered pretty. And I just want to encourage everyone um, listening. Um, so, so first, you know, know yourself. I heard this um, from an um, old Moorish proverb, and it was, black man, know thyself. And in order to get over a lot of these stereotypes and, um, you know, feelings within in the black community, you first have to have, you know, self-love, you know, a feel self Self-worth. Don't look for anyone else to validate you, to justify you. Don't think because, you know, you're a certain color that you're prettier because, you know, just to be honest, you know, you have some fair-skinned people who all they have going on is their color. You know, you, you're, you're light-skinned, but you're still not pretty. You know, and the, and the same, you know, you have where some dark-skinned people who are, are, are very beautiful. So it's not, you know, about this whole color situation. And something was told to me the other day that uh, my boss, who is um, obviously a mixed man, you know, of, of black and white descent, but that he put white on his application. And wow. um, that mm. kind of, yeah, blew me away. And so I can imagine wow. when white people from corporate interviewed him, you know, and saw this not white man, but black slash white man, you know, mixed man. And, uh, right. you know, that, that just says a lot, though. It speaks volumes. You know, obviously he felt that he had a better opportunity or that he was going to, yep. you know, have a better bond with these people or whatever. But, um, you know, all of that is irrelevant, you know, these days because the same very people who hired, you know, my boss hired me. And I, I'm, I'm a dark-skinned black African-American. So, you know, we just have to get over these stereotypes and, the, and these perceptions mm-hmm. that, you know, one color is, is, is better or it's going to get you, you know, better. Maybe back in slavery days in the field, maybe so, because they were raising us. That's how, you know, we get these lighter hues and mixed races and all that. But yeah. So in 2013, you know, let's get out of the slave mentality. 
You know, that's what they want us to have. And a lot of us, sadly, today are still living under that slave mentality. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your comment. We appreciate your comment. Thank you. I think she touched on, like, an important, very important point about being honest on both sides. Like, you know, a lot of us Mm -hmm. play the, you know, the blame game. You know, a lot of black people, oh, she thinks she's pretty because she likes skin, or she thinks this, this, and that. And, you know, it goes both ways. And, and, you know, and like she said, self-love and looking at ourselves and learning to love ourselves is the only solution to, to, you know, unplant the seed of self-hatred. But you know yeah. what, Jen, that, that goes back to this whole thought process for this topic. It's a burden that we all have to deal with this type of mentality where it has to be dark against light. You know, when we have to sit up here and divide ourselves uh, from that standpoint of being productive as a whole community. And, yes, it is the reality of what we deal with. You know, like you said, she brought up some great, great comments. Great, yeah, I mean, most definitely. Just from the standpoint of having to go to work and then have to deal with that environment of, okay, this person is this and that person is that. Why can't I just go to work, do my job, go home, give me my money, let me go? But because society has put us in a situation and we enforce that situation, this is what we have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what we have to That's deal true. with. And I, I really don't, you know, because... I, I, like I said, Jen, I recall, and I may have maybe repeat myself, but I recall a show that we were talking about, uh, you know, our people as far as black people. And, you know, I, I claim the ones that do bad and good. And you're like, they're not my people. I respect that. But once you look at it, if a, if a black person or a darker youth person commits crime, that impacts all of us. Everybody. Because I can't walk down the street without someone thinking I'm going to rob me. little old lady pulling a purse. You know what I'm saying? Well, she gonna, yeah. I pull a purse. Yeah. I don't, I don't that like that situation when, uh, in my color. Not the fact that I'm a black male, but I'm a black male. Yeah. I don't like when they, you know, like, they get out of their car and they hit their lock uh, alarm thing two or three times to make sure oh. you hear it. God. When that, that happens, that I hit right mine there. too. <laughs> I hit mine two, four times so they can hear it. And I look at them when I do it. You know, so that's... That's the thing. I mean, that's the, you know, the the mindset, the mentality. You know, it, it, it's like um, like back in the 90s, you know, when it seemed like every black guy that walked by you, they, you know, people were thinking that I'm going to get robbed or, you know, so I'm going to get fair, To be fair, since the age of media, since go all the way back to, let's say, Nat Turner, you know, in America, mm-hmm. you know, when they, we yeah. had newspapers and we had this, you know, stories of, you know, this gang of black men going around killing, you know, white women and children, you know, th- that same image, that same media, you know, spreading media stories has is, is still prevalent to this day. A lot of white people, you know, I don't think they're necessarily bad. I think it's been embedded in them to fear black men. Look at George Zimmerman. You think if, you know, Trayvon Martin was a white kid that this story would be, you know, all over the news the way it is? No, it was embedded in him, this person who continually called 911 over these suspicious black men, that if you're black and dark and you're male, that makes you guilty of something, you know, even if you're not. Not only that burden, not only that aspect of it, our women have been stereotyped, not just black women, across the world, you know, as sexual, over, overly sexual beings. The first mm-hmm. thought process is when you see a darker woman, she's exotic, 
you know, she's sexualized or whatever the case may be. Most, and these are the things that our sisters have to deal with too. So I mean, yes, it is true. It is true. A, a lot, lot of, of men that we deal with as in our color, our hue, even our brothers and sisters in China that are in China. A lot of black people don't realize yes, that black people in China, not Americans, but black. Yeah. You know, there are black people in, in, in like I said, there's Australia, people of Europe. African descent. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the world, and okay. I think you know, I think you touched on a very important topic: is as black women in the dark. I think in the secret, it's a night. A lot of people from different races, and even within our own races, you know, you're darker skin, you're alluring, you're you know, sexual, you're you know, you're desired, you know, you're this, you know, what they say, the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. You're yeah. all these things. But in the day of the light, a lot of men won't you know acknowledge that they are attracted or like black women, and you know, you know, they just won't. But till now, because lately now, I see a lot of. You know, interracial couples where, you know, it's a black woman as the, you know, black women and, you know, a man of a different race are, are coming out, you know, the mm. shadows and saying I'm dating this type of person. But before, you know, it was really a taboo thing. But, you know, we must be desired somewhere. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all these lighter skin and, you know, people. That's true. And you raised an interesting uh, comment, Jen, uh, since you just said that. There are... There have been uh, a few pictures and comments and posts in which I've seen to where um, some some women, I'm not going to say, you know, color in general, but it could be all women, state that, well, not all women, excuse me, let me rephrase that because I don't want anybody to call in, but he's not my everybody. No, I'm not. The, the, I have seen several several posts and several, you know, pictures, and, and there's also a page on Facebook, I don't know the name, but it is promoting to – you know, black women to marry a white man because it it promotes that the relationship will be better than dating a black man. You know, and, and can and I can I explain why? Can I? Explain? I mean, not that I believe this, Lord have mercy. I don't believe that to be true. That it'll be better or worse or whatever. I think love is love, but, but I think it, a lot of people that, it's that tainting is that tainting the mindset of someone coming up who have uh, purposely, you know. Fix their their mindset to thinking that well, you know, since my friend is doing, I need to do it too, you know, or due to their relationship issues with guys in which may not have been about nothing because they were looking at them on the materialistic matter first and foremost versus their intellectual and emotional side that tainted their view of all men are dogs. So I'm gonna no no I, I take think this so, white I guy think... over here. Well, I think I ain't, um, I, ain't, I ain't got no problem with nobody being outside that race. I ain't got no problem with it. I don't. No, but let me say this. This is what I think. I think a lot of black women, and I think this is rooted in this. This is not for every case, but this is a lot of black women. I've experienced this where people from other races always say, "You are so beautiful. Your skin is so beautiful. Oh, I love your skin. I love the way you look." You know, white guys, white people, all they say that, but black guys. Oh, no, no, no. A lot of them don't recognize beauty within our own communities, beauty within that black is beautiful, all hues of black is beautiful, and that happens to a lot of women. And so they go to someone who recognizes the beauty and the richness of their skin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think we got a caller. Let's uh, get this caller in and see what um, they have to say. All right, Gerard, uh, you are live with the middleman. What's up? 
Hey, what's going on, y'all? How everybody doing? Good, good, good. good. Hey. What's going on, hey, brother? Hey, that much. I just want to piggyback off of what Alan was saying, and um, it is very true that uh, uh, to go a little deeper than that, Kevin. To be honest with you, man, a lot of black women are willing to really just come out and say that now that they don't want to date a black man because they say white men treat them better than we do. Honestly. I have heard, actually heard white women say that a white man knows how to treat a woman better than a black man. Mm. That is really what it is coming to, man, you know. And, and one thing about the uh, white American, one thing about them, they accept us dating white women and their daughters only when we're rich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's really how it goes. But you know what, Gerard, see, that I'm glad you said that and you know, what we're going with this question, and that kind of leads to the next question that we pose. How hard is it really for a race to get beyond color? I mean, love has no color. We say this, but I think dealing with all these other aspects and and all these other the, these other uh, uh, incidents that we have to deal with, you know, it's always in the back of your mind that something may go wrong with that relationship. I mean... Even for my daughter, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I fear if she does date a, a, a person outside of our race that something along that person's timeline may come out sooner or later. They tru- truly exactly. may love her, but I worry about that. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't want to see a situation where, where you know, they bust out the N-word on her or, or treat her like, you know, like a dog or whatever because that's what they think that, quote, unquote, black women want or people of darker here want. And and to even you know give a give a another example you know Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley made a comment a long time ago. He is never ever dating a black woman because they don't know how to act and respect a man. Like he is verbally has said that, and that, and that is very well practiced out in the West Coast. I have a lot of homegirls out there, man, in the West Coast. They said, Gerard, the black man out here, they don't want to date us. Can and, I say and they are there. Go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry. Okay. As black men, and I'm calling all of you black men out there, a lot of times these women do have nasty attitudes. They got the no- rolling of the neck. They've built this wall up against us because the world has attacked them for how they look. The world has told them that they aren't pretty. And here you come and you want her to be this perfect image. Instead of loving her and breaking down this wall, a lot of our men just dismiss us. Oh, she got a nasty attitude. She rolling her neck. She don't know how to treat a man. Boom, on to the neck. That's what they do. Instead of saying, sister, I'm going to love you until I break down this wall. And that's what a lot of our women need because they have their self-image and self-love has been beaten down so much. They don't know how to be that woman that Charles Barkley wants. They don't know how to, you know, uh, perpetrate that, that the image of, of what it is to stand by your man and be a strong woman because they've been beat their self image of themselves have been beat down so much. And that's that's simply because we 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 were taught as kids that he made our skin color. Even while growing up, even childish arguments. Kevin, I'm pretty sure y'all I, I said it when I listened to kids arguing when I used to student teach. You make me sick with your black self. No, we we, we teach our kids to talk to each other like that. Like being dark skin is a curse. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it comes from I mean, that, that's the root of the problem. Kids learning that at a young age that, you know, we, we are very ashamed of our color as black people. Not saying us on the phone, we are, 
But understand, we black people as a whole, we like like even country ignorant people. When like you got five kids, five little black kids running around the family, they'll treat that light skinned child a little bit better than the other one. And I'm just being honest, yeah. I'm just I have seen it. Yeah. You know, well, they'll, they'll treat well, like, like I have a cousin of mine. She's she's somewhat Mexican, so she has lighter skin and she has that you know that Indian Mexican type hair. You know what I'm saying? And the family they really look and treat her a lot better than they do other kids. I've never seen it. Okay. Well, well, we sure appreciate your comments, Rod. You made some interesting points, um, but we got a, another caller that wants to get in on the comment. Uh, Cam, um, you're now live on the Middleman Radio. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Um, I wanted to touch on what the lady um, was saying about black women and and um, some of the reasons that you know they they are snappy and they act the way they do. But um, someone before me already kind of touched on the topic of, you know, instilling that in the youth. If if you come up without your father, like I did, I came without my father. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had a stepdad that, that stepped in. He didn't try to replace my dad, but he right. did enough skills, some morals in me. A lot of people don't have that. So you got a lot of guys where they, they grow up in these areas where it's just it's, it's, it's it. To mistreat women, you know. Uh, right. If I got many women as I got notches on my belt, then that's a good thing. That programming mm. ain't first. You you mm-hmm. can't reverse programming just by talking to someone. It takes experiences and things within themselves to reverse that. But what we can reverse it with is, is with what we give our children and the children that we are responsible for. That's how we can Most protect them. Like changing it now, we can talk into the blue in the face and with black, so that never happened. But we we can talk all day. It's not gonna change. So we just have to accept it. It's not gonna change and try to prevent it from happening in the future. Because that's, that's what we can't control. We can't control right now. We can't control the future. That's a that's a that's an interesting comment. You know that you just said. Uh, you know especially with you know um, you know raising the you know the kids to get to the point of where well we all see this every day. You know, society is more over, overly sexy than anything else because it's everywhere. You know, it's, it's on TV, it's in our music. You know, it's you know, kids have more ways of getting what they really want to learn about sex out without even having a conversation with you know your family members. Um, and is it is it ruining what we need to as far as the infrastructure of forming a family and having that family life? I don't know, but we do see that you know as far as People getting married at certain age groups are not as high as it was long long time ago. You know, you have more people getting married, you know, later in their um, years as they get older and, and things like that. But is that promoting healthy relationships? You know, some say, you know, some people just need to wait. Some say that's, that's not promoting healthy relationships. But putting that stigmatism and, and actually reinforcing it, you know, on those kids like at that age, you know, that could be kind of, you know, tainting and, and – you know, that could be a burden because next thing you know, they have five or six kids by five different women. And then here we go again with the child support issue. You um, know, I'm, I'm speaking on the aspect of teaching children how to treat each other. Right. Like teaching little boys how to treat little girls, you know, in that respect, not in the grown aspect, but in the respect of how a little boy should treat a little girl. How it feels like Exactly. Exactly. And exactly. planting a exactly. seed. That, that children exactly. need a seed planted in them to let them know 
you know, how to do this and how to love yourself. And it's not only girls that need to know how to love themselves. It's boys, too, because any black man or any man of color who comes, you know, who has any, you know, melanin pigment in their skin, and they say that they don't like women of their race because of their pigment or whatever, your mama is black, so you don't like yourself, you know, if you say that. I, I can't stand men that say that. If you say that, you don't like your own mama, and there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, a man, a man he said, well, he wasn't taught anything because I have sense enough to know that it may be something going on with that particular woman that has nothing to do with her race being the reason she's acting like that. But a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have that type of common sense. So Most when, when that's an instance where someone's being ignorant, I, I don't, I look at it that they weren't taught good morals or common sense or, you know, whatever it is that they lack. That's how I look at it. Most definitely. Cam, Michelle, appreciate your comment. Uh, if you have another comment, definitely uh, press the number one again, and we'll definitely get to you. Uh, caller, uh, Contessa, you live on the Middleman Radio. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for inviting hey. me on. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying the show. This is a very um, rich conversation that you guys are having. You're targeting a lot of issues that are prevalent in our community. Um, and I, I agree with the gentleman when he said that, I mean, this is a an ongoing talk that we're having. And, you know, I always get uptight about these conversations because when do we really stop talking and start acting um, when it comes to us? We can talk about how much the white men hate us, you know, um, you know, because... The true soldiers that came before us, you know, the things that they had to endure are far greater than what many of us have ever had to endure, and we yet won't take a stand. Um, and I don't think they worry so much about what the white man could do to them when it came to um, them promoting strength in us. You know, we've shifted our focus, and we're not focused as much, in my opinion, on each other than we are, which is the true issue, than we are on what somebody else is doing. To heck with what mm-hmm. somebody else is doing. I don't care what Paula Dean said. You know, I really don't. Um, That's true. So, I mean, we've been saying the same stuff. And, I, and I mean, to me, it just irks me to a certain degree that we're constantly looking outside. It's almost like you know there's a cause. But we, we're really like shifting the blame. Okay, well, well, what can we do? Contessa, let me ask you this. I mean, I was going to ask you the same question. What what can we do? Because I mean, our generation, and, and if you can go back and listen to our fathers, uh, black father show we did. You know, our generation. I feel like we are the last of a few that are are aware of everything that's going on around us. And like you said, the doers do, the talkers talk, and the walkers walk. And I know we all have our part in this whole scheme of things, but what can we do individually and as a collective that can change this conversation into action? Well, there's a saying, and I've quoted this on my Facebook page many times. I may not be able to do everything, but I sure as heck can do something. Um, And not everybody is doing anything. You know, some people are not doing anything that's promoting, you know, the good in us as a as a collective, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah. Because I feel like if I'm if I'm doing some of the positive things in my life or in the lives 
of those around me, you know, whatever that may be, it's a seed that's being planted. You know, and the Bible speaks of there's one that, that plants, there's one that waters, but only God gives the increase. Are we really planting a seed that, you know, that can bring forth increase in the season in which God desires to bring it forth? Um, are we doing that? Are we really, yeah. really doing that? Or are we just talking? Um, and if we really love each other, love is an action. We've got to be doing yeah. something. We yeah. have to be doing something. I mean, and it may start with our families. And sometimes it's difficult to start right there in your family, you know, because um, mm-hmm. sometimes those are the ones that really don't want to listen. Well, how can you tell me anything? You know what I'm saying, X, Y, Z, because they, they know you. But, you know, whatever interactions that you have, whatever your, your sphere, uh, they say, of influence is, are you making an impact there? Are you having conversations there that, and you all commit to moving beyond that little conversation mm-hmm. and, and, being, and being involved, whether right. you're taking it back to your house, whether you're taking it back to your small group, whatever the case may be, what are you guys saying, let's go forth and act in this way? And when we look at the grand scheme of things, it, it is overwhelming, you know. But, again, if we can commit in our own little areas, our little, you know, corner of the world, Mm-hmm. Try, act. I think we'll begin to see a difference. But I, I mean, look, look about where is most of our influence coming from? The the media. I mean, we watching love and hip hop. We watching R and B divas. You know, mm-hmm. we're watching show. all of this stuff that still perpetuates these negative in, images. And we watch mm-hmm. that. Yep. If nobody's mm-hmm. if nobody's watching that. But Katel, you know, that, that, I'm glad you said that. That kind of leads into a part of what we we're going to bring up as far as the, the psychological standpoint, and, and you know, and how it plays a part, even with the uh, the, the visuals of the Atlanta Housewives, uh, all, all these negative things and the images of the news, the two o'clock news, ten o'clock news, whatever news you're watching, all these things play into the aspect of us needing and, and wanting to to uh, step it up. You know, as a people, and we definitely mm-hmm. need to, like you said, we need more action. And um, Contessa, what we're we gonna do? Um, we're gonna put you on hold for a second. We got a caller that uh, would like to make another comment. Okay. All right, hold on a second. Damn. Um. Okay. Yeah. I um. I agree with Contessa. Uh, Contessa, one hundred percent. It starts with us, and um. This is look to me. It's the little things. You, you don't. Every, everyone doesn't have to make a large impact. You have to just do the things that you can do. Something as simple as if you're in the grocery store and you know how people are with their kids. If they, you know you have those people that the kids can be running crazy through the store and it seems like they don't really care. But as, as soon as you say something, they got a problem with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm only 29, but I grew up on that old code. I grew up on the code of anybody in my village can beat my ass. That's, that's what I thought. Right. Right. So it, 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 it's against my grain to just stand there when, like, stuff like this is going down. Even if I say it in a funny way, like, hey, get, get off there for your bust your head. Then your mom going to have to take you to the hospital. You don't want that. You know, I, 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 I do things like that. So I think just if everyone did things like that with the ones that are impressionable, because there's a lot of grown people that aren't impressionable and you they're stubborn and big headed, you're not gonna get it through to them. 
But you can mm-hmm. kind of plant the seed with the ones that are impressionable. Because, like Most she said, dead horse, we're talking about something that's not going to change. We all sitting right. away. You know? Right. 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 And that's a and that's a um a revolving door because we have some parents that don't even want you to say anything to their kids. You know, even right. you know, even dealing with some some issues that goes on at school. Now yes, some kids have been abused at school, but you have some kids that take it to the next level and then their parents don't back up to where you know, back it up to where they, they actually come to the school and apply the appropriate discipline. You know, yeah. they kids go on and go on and go on and then next thing you know, it's a problem. You know, the kid right. is a problem now. The kid is kicked out of school. It's a spill because, I mean, now what is left for that child? You know, they right. got to either get get their GED or they got to get a job. You know, and the right. parents are looking like, what did I do wrong? Okay. Right. Everyone, did you do wants right? to the, everyone wants to know the key to solving the problems with the black man. The key is the black youth, the, 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 yeah. the black boys. That's the, pro, that's the key to solving the problem. You can't do anything mm-hmm. about the people. That are problems now, but let them keep bumping their head until they get it right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is Katessa again. I, I can I, I can understand it. I think that, um, you know, it is in the raising, and I think that we really should think about the village approach again. Um, there is strength in numbers. And to be honest, when I when I think about having kids, I don't really, I don't, I need the village. You know what I'm saying? I need the village for me. So imagine raising a child. Um, I can't be everywhere at one time, you know. Right. Um, so who's looking out? We need yeah. from looking mm-hmm. out for one another. You know, if we didn't have enough rights at the house, we went across to Miss David Thomas' house and got, if it was just a corner packet of, of you know, of rice, that was rice for our house. You know, those type of right. things. And you, you could be right next to your sister and your brother and not really know their struggles. And so you mm-hmm. have people that are struggling along. And as a, as a whole, what that begins to do is the stench just gets stronger and stronger, and you see it spilling out into the streets, and that's what we have. We have all of these issues now that we've hidden behind our doors that's now walking our streets. Yeah. And our children, you know, and, you know, there's so much. No, I don't think anybody else killed their own like we do. I, You know, Chicago just came through my, through my mind. Uh, mm. And I... I'm like, if I were a parent, would I know that my child is carrying a gun? Would I know that my child is involved in illegal activity? We raise yep. our girls. Right. Uh, and we love our boys. You right. know what I'm saying? We, these, are, these boys are who God has designated to be the protectors and the providers. That's what a man's role is. You know, the thing about it is, like, we've done shows on emasculation of the male vilification of the male and there's so many aspects that even with our young man yes we need to love man raise it but but it's so many people it's so many people that turn their back on the community yes i truly believe in the village aspect of it but we have so many people that turn it back like i guarantee you right now half of the people that are listening to us right now not all y'all but a lot of y'all don't even know your neighbor's name and you hmm. live in a close-knit community that used to be close-knit but you sit up here and you look right next door to you. You don't even know their name. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to get the village aspect and the village mind state 
the psychological part that we are taught to be against each other, the whole quote-unquote crab in the barrel or why is he hating on me mentality or, you know, that, that type thought process, we got to get beyond that and stop yeah. looking at what that person has, what they don't have. You know, it is these so are things that we, our children are our most important investment, you know. And, yes, we are talking about, if you're just tuning in on the Middleman Talk Show, the burden of being black or the burden of black, which we're not just saying us as black people but around the world. These are some of the things that we go through as a people that affects our communities, that affects the world in turn. Because this is a global aspect yeah. that we're trying to yes, you know, get out here to you guys. So, we have to be, do you believe, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a quote that says, what you focus on is what will get better. Okay. Do you believe that quote? Well, I've seen it work. It's not the fact of believing on it. If if I'm impoverished, (laughs) think about it now. If I'm impoverished, if I'm an impoverished person, and and I think about getting wealthy, but yet and still, I have to put forth the actions. I have to put forth the action. That's the key word, actions, to become wealthy. That's my focus. Therefore, I will become wealthy. But if I sit yep. back and just think upon it with no action, then therefore right. I say it. That is absolutely faithful. That work. And, and also, I feel like if if, if you are um uh, thinking like the people that's on this call, if you know that you know people are closed off or, or you know some of your neighbors are kind of closed off, sometimes you have to trick people into going with what's right. You know, I might. I might go to my neighbor and say, hey, um, if my kid walks back behind your yard, could you let me know, please, or something, something like that might open the door for some conversation and for them to look out and be the extra set of eyes or whatever it is. You know, just because it's a, a village mentality doesn't mean one person has to be the blacksmith, the fisherman, the hunter, the gatherer. You know, everybody can play whatever part they want to play because a lot of times people, people are scared off because they think that they have to take on this task of doing something that they don't want to do when it's just the little things that can help out the overall picture. Well, I know this much, Cam, and I will say this. If we don't take care of our own and we don't take care of each other, all the little things that we let go right now will snowball into something large. It has snowballed. So that's why it we're has. seeing the mass killing as Contessa spoke upon. We've seen a mass killing in Chicago, the killing in in, in, in uh, California, and all the other small places around here. You know, we, we definitely, you know, like you said, without the action, there's no works in it. But we definitely need to step up and make make an effort to make these things happen. I think that they, both both callers, uh, Katessa and Cam, uh, pointed out something so important is that, you know, when we were little, I think what got me up butt whooping was, you know, if there was something on the floor and I said, well, that ain't mine, I'm not picking it up. I think we had that same mentality, you know, throughout our community. You know, I didn't do it. That ain't my kids. That ain't my problem. That ain't this. I'm not getting involved. I don't want to be sued. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. And we're so fearful, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we need to really come up with a solution to conquer that fear of interacting with each other because, you know, people are fearful. I've been cussed out before. You know, I've seen the lady in the parking lot with her kid in the car and the windows up and I caught, like, the, the security of the mall and this lady comes out the store and, like, practically almost beats me up for, you know, <laughs> stepping up and saying that people are fearful of that happening to them. Uh, Jen, quickly before we lose train of thought, to all the people that uh, made a comment, uh, Collada, um, Gerard, Cam, Katessa, 
Uh, press number one on your phone. That's all you have to do to clear yourself out. If you want to make another comment, press one. For all those that's listening on the phone line right now, if you do have a comment, just press one, and then we'll go ahead and bring you back in. Once you press one, just leave it at that. Uh, Gerard, press one. Contessa, press one. That'll take you out. And uh, if you guys have another comment, we'll bring you back in. Uh, but, Jen, you're right. We we definitely have to step it up. And, and you know, I want to kind of transition on to this next part of what we're talking about right here. Uh, you know, just even the fact of the being black darker, a darker hue, does that equate to being less? And, and it's funny that we're talking about the children because, you know, we've seen, like you spoke upon the Dark Girls um, documentary, we have a lot of children that think less of themselves because they are black or of yeah. a darker hue. Yeah. And that, yeah, that part they, right there is, 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 is making them evil and angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. I mean, it, it, it's, it's to the point where self-esteem plays a major issue in everything in which they do. Like, the impact of it is so traumatic to them. It affects how they, you know, make friends. It affects, you know, their their schooling. It affects, like, their train of thought as far as what they would like to be when they grow up. And even their own interpersonal relationships within the home. Yeah. You know, it, it it affects all of that. You know, they may look at their mother. Their mother may be of a lighter hue than them, but their daddy is dark. So they feel like, well, I'm not as pretty as my mother, or I would never mm-hmm. be as pretty as my mother. And you I know, know we got some teachers on the line out there, and we got people listening on the Internet. I know you see this mentality in the classroom when the kids are, oh, she black. Oh, he black. Y'all, if y'all mm-hmm. see it and y'all hear me, please tell them. Pull them to the side. And I know I, y'all can't can do a lot I, of stuff. Tell them to stop. Go ahead, Jen. Can I say this? And I think this is a point that's, that's never recognized. I had a conversation with a white friend, and she told me, well, I don't see color. And I said, you know what, I think that's the problem. I think that a lot of times, you know, now is the thing where we say we don't see color, we don't do this. We need to celebrate, you know, our color. Tell your little girl that you don't have to ignore her color. Her color is a part of her, just like being a woman is a part of her, just like being, you know, who she is is a part of the fabric of you, the melanin in your skin, and you don't have to ignore that to be accepted. And I think so many times now people say, oh, I just don't see it. No, recognize me because my melanin is me and it's, or it is a part of me. And I think people are afraid to embrace that because if you recognize color, you get pulled into the race thing and this, isn't that. And, and people aren't, aren't doing that. If anyone watched the documentary Dark Girls, there's this beautiful little chocolate girl that's on there and she's cute and it's, it's a button. And this little girl breaks my heart when she says, I don't want to be black. Because I'm not black. And, and you know, it, it broke my heart. I wanted to reach to the screen what? and hug this little girl and tell her, you are. What makes her feel like that? What makes her have to feel like that? Yeah. You, you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, that, that if you're just tuning in, that goes back to the, the topic and title of this show, The Burden of Black. Why should you have to ever feel like that? What we're going to do, we're going to head in. Uh, Gerard got another comment. Uh, Gerard, you're back live with us. What's your comment, brother? And then we're going to go to Katessa. Gerard? All right. I think we Let's lost Gerard. Well, Katessa, you are live. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, as I, as I was on the social media when Oprah aired this, because many of us went to the Atlanta uh, viewing at the Fox Theater and 
you know, just looking at all of the beautiful people that had gathered to see this documentary, my people, um, you know, was amazing. At the same time, it was heartbreaking to watch the documentary and to see not only there being issues with people of a darker hue, but even those that were on the other end, the lighter ones, you know. And I think we fragment one another when we focus on just one aspect. You know, I like what the young lady, I'm sorry, what's your name? Her name is Jen. Um, She had to step out of the studio. Okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had a technical difficulty. I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead, Jen. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. You know, you know, how you're really kind of breaking a person down into parts. You know, my her skin, her hair, her this, her that, her body, her weight, her size. You know, as opposed to looking at a person in, in their totality, you know, being a human being. You know, where where does does race really matter? Um, I mean, and it does. We know that it's an issue. Um, you know, whether it's in the workforce, whether it's in our in our relationships with our families. Uh, you know, because I I have eight sisters and brothers total, and we are all different shades. Um, you know, and of course, growing up, you know, being that my father was married to a lighter complexion woman, you know, some of my siblings are lighter. You know, right. but. But, you know, there's the three that was before the marriage that with some chocolate sisters, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think it's, and I look at my sister, and they're all beautiful. Um, right. So it's coming to terms with your own issues here again. You know, we can, we can point the blame. I just, I really believe in healing, and each day for me is a process, not just, you know, some of the issues that we're dealing with, but wanting to be uh whole and not necessarily look well I was born dark skin you know uh, oh my hair I need a perm you know these type of things I I think that we really should really strive to become better you know what I mean does that make sense I think it it does to me And, and what I was trying to say before is is that you know embrace it? You know, uh, you know if you're light skin, embrace it. If you're dark skin, embrace it. It's, it's just part of who you are. Just one piece. You know, just like a woman is a part of who I am. A Christian is a part of who I am. It's just one piece in the fabric of the of the the shell that I call me. And, and so I think that telling these kids that you don't have to fear embracing that or or you know having that be a part of you is not a bad thing to embrace it to love who you are and and to love the person that that god made you right Mm -hmm. i I, and you know like you said i'm I'm an educator but you know i've been blessed with i guess blessed yeah blessed (laughs) with um 10 years 10 11 years in, in in education and um you know just in the process of mentoring some some kids of all hues, and I, I have a set of twins, and, and people here, you know, they're fully aware of my girls. But when I tell you these are some, these are some some rich baby girls, you know, they're in high school now, and and their school is a predominantly white school. Uh, and I think because they don't make their 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 color an issue, that mm-hmm. the people around them don't make it an issue. You know, as an overt issue. Oh, they're right. black girls. You know what it'll be? Yeah. They yeah, do exactly. what they do. 
you know. Um, so they're able and they are accepted in all of these different circles. What I found with them a lot of times is that the black kids don't accept them because they're well, smart, they work hard, they're outgoing, they they articulate when they speak. So it's more or less, uh, well, you white. And they're, they're dark. When I tell you, they're some dark, beautiful babies. But you're white. That's what the blacks say to them. Most definitely. Well, so again, this is us. Yes. And I, I agree with you. That, you know, it's just we have to recognize and we have to realize that, you know, it's, it's, it's our responsibility, number one. And I do agree. The blame game, as Jen always call it also, we can't continue that. And we have to make these efforts, and we definitely going to have to put forth that best foot forward to make sure it happens as far as us taking responsibility for our own in our community. Um, what we're going to do now, uh, we're going to put you on hold, and uh, we're going to switch gears up on the questions. Uh, this last segment before the show end, uh, let's talk about black businesses. Black businesses, y'all, uh, can they survive? Can they survive being only black? What do y'all think about that? Like, do we even um, do we even recognize and realize that there are a lot of black businesses out there that we don't support? We have black uh, entrepreneurs yeah. on our Facebook page that's popping stuff all the time, and we don't even share yeah. it. We don't hit like on it. But or do they have black. to change the model? Do you think they have to change the model and not be black businesses anymore? Um, and what I mean by that, let me clarify. Let me clarify so I, so I don't leave that so I don't leave that out there. I have a friend that owns a business. He got a white guy in the forefront. He's the man that owns it, but he has a white man in the forefront. Do they have to change the the, the uh, mode and and the the vehicle that they use to be successful in today's environment? Um, hmm. I, I think that black business. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna go on a break and then we're gonna get back to this? No, nah, nah, we don't. Keep, we don't have. We only have a couple of minutes here. We no break. Okay. Well, then I'll say this. I think that you have to be a business because business is business. You, you know, you are a business that you know is owned by a black person. You know, it's just a business. And I think that number one, a lot of times that we get into the thing where we try to help our community, in which we should. But we still have to maintain professionalism, and I am guilty of this. I, I try to support a lot of black businesses, but a lot of them, they hire these people, don't, don't, don't black people, white people. Don't you say I'm it. Say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be true. I'm going to say I have no fear. I'm going to say they hire people that have bad attitudes, that are unprofessional. If you're going to do it, train your people to be professional train them to know how to uh, embrace all kind of people in the community so your business will flourish. That has nothing to do with being black or anything. A lot of times people go over to another, you know, business that happens to be of another race just because of the professionalism. Train your employees to be professional. Yes, at all times, at all times. But to answer the question that Kevin was saying, um, will they be successful? Uh I mean, yeah. No, they don't train them to be black. professional. Well, that's that's true. That's true. But there are some successful black businesses out I'm there. I'm going to tell you like this. I look at it as, 
Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. I got something for you. Well, well I, I look at the situation that uh, that happened with FUBU. Uh, they cashed out. You know, they, they took the money versus actually continuing what they had going. Now, I guess they could have came in and got some more stylists and made it more uh, up-to-date, I think. But they cashed out. You know, FUBU was probably one of the biggest brands at one point. I, I think he did that. Damon did that at the smartest point because he know that was, that vehicle wasn't going to go that much further. Yeah, but 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 still, but still, you posed that question. That's what happened. Yeah. No, he can't. I mean, you know, would would would. But would he did not make. To? It was people of all races that wore FUBU, and that's what I was. You know, before I was yeah. thinking earlier, it's business. Yeah. It's business. That's something that should not be missed. Now, I support mm-hmm. any. Because you, if you're a successful businessman and you so happen to be black, you're another successful image that's being put out there for my child to see about what you can accomplish and what you can right. do that anyone can what can do. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of running their business, business is business. Yeah, and right. the only yeah, color but, that matters is green. Jen, you said yeah, something yeah, that. Jen, yeah. you said something that. You know, a lot of us in our community have that mind state of the black employee or whatever the case may be. That is a burden that they have to bear. Not no, only it does, no, it's burden. not. It's I'm just not saying a burden though. to have to bear because just because I have seen people in business, black women, black men, they're mm-hmm. professional, very nice. They I'm make not, me want to come back to that. I'm business. not saying they can't hire professional people, but the perception of. The perception that they have to deal with is the perception that people don't want to deal with them because of the people that you're talking about. Right? Yeah, but it's true. That's true. But that's not I every try business. To, I but try we, to we, give it a chance. We stick I with do. It. We, I try to give it a chance. And nine times out of ten, they never fail me. It happens. Yeah. And I will say that I hate to say it, but I'm going to be truthful and say yeah. it happens to me. It yeah, happens we, we, where, I, it, it be, where I have to step outside yeah, and, and, yeah. and count the team. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on, hey, just like the stigma that every black male is going to rob you when he's walking down the street. Is that fair? No. That's not that's fair. That's not true. This one is but true. That's not, but that's not true to every black business. And I know you didn't say every. But that perception no. makes it seem like every black business is not doing what they need to do to be successful. Now, yeah. And I say call upon, okay, for example, gas station in the African-American community where I live. Now, this gas station is... Ever since I was little, it's raggedy. It's like, y'all can't sweep the floor. Y'all can't replenish your goods. Y'all can't just, I'm not going to support well, why don't you. do this I'm then? not going to support on. you hold because, on, number hold one, on, you don't on, care about your on, community. Jean, hold on. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Why won't you go write a letter to that manager or the owner and tell them, hey, this is what I expect from you? Instead of looking at it like, well, how is this going to change? Y'all need to do this. Y'all need to do this. But how is it going to change? You, you just always... I'm you still, your flow I'm ain't clean. Your counter dirty. I'm still well, trying to get okay. out the fact of uh, you and Jen with these letters. Like, what are letters? <laughs> hey, man, letters are very powerful. You know what? You, you are right. You are right. And that's trash. what I need to do. I need to write a letter instead of saying, I'm not going to support that business. I'm going to say, if you want me to continue to support it. But so many of us do support it. People go in there, so in and out of all day, every day. But me, I don't because to me, they don't care about the community because they don't care about the presentation of their store. So, <laughs> you know, maybe you're right. I'll give you that. Y'all, y'all big on writing letters, man. I, I, I'm, uh, no. I, I will write a letter in a heartbeat, but I still feel like 
that <laughs> if you want to see change in that particular business, talk to the owner, talk to the uh, the, yeah. the manager, tell them what you expect. Because if you come in, just like if I come in there and I want to do business with you and I want to break bread with you, these are the things that I'm going to expect from you, man, because I want my money to revolve in my community. Yeah. I want my money to revolve in my community. Now, quickly, uh, we got a couple of minutes left right here before we get up out of here. Um, and I should ask this question before now, but why is being black automatically automatically brings on the thought of impoverishment? We kind of talked about the, the impoverishment factor a little while ago. Why is it that when you think of, of a dog for you, you think of impoverishment? Because of the, because of welfare, they saying we ain't working, which knowing a lot of us got jobs out here, but they saying we ain't working, they saying we ain't going to college, and then those commercials in which they you know go to the most poorest African community ever and see them maybe three or four kids. Now yes, we know there are a lot of things that are going on for us health wise in those uh, tribes. Now. I know someone who is from Africa. She used to work for me. And she was like, yeah, those are people who choose not to convert. They choose to stay living in the tribe and living in the village. But she told me a lot of Africa is not like that. Africa is very, you know, Mm city-like. You know, it's it's very up-to-date. You know, she was like, those commercials do not depict. Right. She said "Those, those commercials really don't depict what's really going on in Africa. Now, yes, through those villages due to, you know, some of them, you know, they, you know, choose to live in the old the old ways. Yes, they do have areas in which they are impoverished and diseased, but you have an option if you want to come live in the city. But she, she said she said part of her family lives in the tribe. The rest of them, they live the city life. Well, so that's where I, I, I think, think that comes from. I think that in order, and this goes across not just being black, because there are a lot of different people that are poor, white people, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different kind of poor people. I think that, and, and the reason why people associate it with a color is that a lot of them so happen to be black. But the richer only stays rich if it has a lower class. There, There is no upper class if there's no lower class. So they have to keep someone at the lower class. Now, a lot of these people that are impoverished they happen to come from black communities, and it's a generational thing. It's, it's hard, you know, if you had a, a great-grandfather that left you $20,000 when, you know, he died, or if you had a family that even not even had that much, a little bit to leave you, or a legacy, or, or something to implant in you to have more, then, you know, it's easy. and, you know, a lot of black people had to dig their way out of that. They didn't have that. They did it on their own. And and so, you know, some people did it. Some people didn't. And so, you know, a lot of those were, were black people. But there's white people in different races as well that that happened to is, you know, the same thing. But, you know, the rich will always be rich as long as they can keep a poor. And they just so happen to be black, I believe. I don't think that's like a racial thing. No, I didn't say it was racial by any means. I don't think that it's racial by any means. 
I think it's just a, a mental state, and, and I'm saying I'm saying it plays into the psychology of people where if they see a people of a darker hue, they automatically think that they are impoverished or less than. Because I mean, even dealing with uh, uh, a rich, I think that's like, in America. I, don't I mean, not think just in America. I mean, you think about like even in India, Jen, the darker people live in the slums. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, the darker people over, I mean, darker people across this world, live, even in Mexico, they live in the slums. You look at even in Spain. Remember, they have a difference uh, uh, in Spain where you have the darker, you know, people living, I forgot what they call them, but they live in a particular section of, 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 of Spain. But, I mean, it plays into the psychology of of, of just how, how things are and how we need to, to really just, like 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 Atessa was saying, we need to take a foot forward to change this. And I know mentalities of like Cam was saying, mentalities are hard to change. But it's gonna take some work and we're gonna have to do it. But um let's go ahead and wrap this up and to everybody that's listening on the phone line right now, we do appreciate you listening and staying with us this long, all of you guys over there on the internet, we do appreciate you. You can also go back and download this show on iTunes if you have an iPhone or any of our previous shows that we spoke about today. And please tell a friend to tell a friend. We're on every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern at 5 p.m. Central uh, on Tuesday. If you guys work in a cubicle or you're just out and about and you want to hear some good, clean, good R&B, um, independent, check out our Tuesday morning takeover with our man Nick Eaton. He's up in Kentucky right now. Um, I don't know what he's doing, y'all, but he in Kentucky. <laughs> And on Thursdays, if you're out there and you would like to know a little bit more about the entertainment field, or make sure you tune in with us on tune in with us on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that Tuesday morning takeover, Gene just paid me a note. I forgot to tell you all the time. That is 10 a.m. Eastern to 12, and that's 11. I mean, uh, that's um, 10 a.m. to 12 Eastern. So you guys make sure y'all tune in with uh, Nick Eaton and uh, check out that particular show. We would like to thank everybody that made a comment today. Contessa, Collada, we appreciate you. Uh, Contessa, we appreciate you. Cam, Gerard, and all those that wanted to make a comment. Next time, just press the number one. We don't bite over here. We want to hear your thoughts. These are crucial Hmm. comments because a plan starts with the conversation. Go ahead, Al. Hey, we definitely appreciate everybody for tuning in to the Little Man Talk Show today. Uh, make sure you guys listen to all our archive shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And yeah. thank you for sharing your knowledge with everyone today. You know, we learn from each other. And you might say something that, you know, sparks something in me or someone out there listening. You never know who's listening, and you never know who can fit for what you have to share. So thank you for everyone that shared and, like, you you know, like Kevin said, next time if you feel like sharing, please share, and I'll see y'all next week. Most definitely. And uh, this is the end of the show, and we want to uh, send a big shout out, like I said, to our man Nick Eaton. And uh, we have been doing this lately. I'm trying to help this guy. If y'all like some good R&B, and I know we want to. Can you bring us some Kentucky Fried Chicken? And what kind of Kentucky food? Can you bring us some chicken, please? Man, that boy, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs>
your Google or whatever, you know, your your Droid or whatever kind of phone you got. Put it in there and get this record right here. This is Nick Eden with Let's Chill. And we appreciate all of you guys. Don't hang up. Just listen to this record and tell me if y'all like it.
wish I could hit the pot nose like that cat, but I can't, dog. I cannot sing like that. <laughs> you know, hey, man, we do appreciate everybody out there. Thank you once again for listening to the Middleman Talk Show. Most definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Most definitely. Yes, sir. Hey, man, another one up, another one down, man. Most definitely. Make sure y'all tune in with us this Tuesday, Tuesday morning takeover at 10 a.m. If you're in your cubicle, just listen to it on your phone, man. We got some good records that we're going to be playing this week. And uh, next Sunday, we got a great one coming up for you guys once again. We are the middlemen, and we are out. Out. Yeah. Middleman shouted, Big Crit shouted. Yeah. Now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for? Go take a listen time out. Take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man, cause he was dying to wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in, go live, 6 p.m. Blog Talk, radio.com, the middle me. Hey, what's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening? Blog Talk, radio.com.